0: Off a pretty girl, same grade as me. From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, right Mississippi, Rooster Production me. brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane.
1: Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So this morning, we have our special episode for the Alderman at Large Candidate Interviews. We will hear those in just a few minutes. Uh, This morning we'll have Jeff Hobbs and Doc Harris, who are both running for the Alderman at large position. But before we do that, Matt, let's uh, turn to our sponsors.
2: If you're interested in buying or selling a home anywhere in the Hernando area, please reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been the number one team for residential real estate for well over a decade. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009 and are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. Right now, they are offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Again, that's a free, no obligation market analysis to learn more about your home, your home's value, the comps in the area, and maybe ways to improve your home for spring should you want to sell it. Please reach out to Brian and Terry and their team at 662 449 1700. That's 662 449 1700 or TeamCouch.com. That's TeamCouch.com. Again, if you're interested in buying or selling a home anywhere in the DeSoto County area, there's no better team than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group to help you with that sale. The two candidates you will hear this morning joined us at the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have thermometers, cutting boards, knives, sauces, cast iron, and also some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. But the best thing to do remains stopping by the How to Barbecue Right shop located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. Thank you again to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group for being our presenting sponsor, and How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our studio sponsor. As Derek mentioned, this is our special episode where we interview the Alderman at Large candidates, Mr. Jeff Hobbs and Mr. Doc Harris. Mr. Hobbs will be first simply because he came in uh, first to be interviewed, and we will go to that interview now.
1: We want to welcome Jeff Hobbs, current Alderman of Ward 6, to the UTW Podcast. Jeff was kind enough this morning to sit down with me uh, for an interview. Uh, welcome, Jeff.
3: Well, thank you, Derek. I appreciate you having me.
1: All right, so this is the first, I guess, race where the aldermen are sitting aldermen. And so the questions will be a little different than we've heard for the other wards that we have done. Now, we've done five of the six wards. Of course, we will do Ward 2 in May, since that one is going straight to the general election. There is no, well, there are primaries, but they're basically just one per party. So uh, we're going to postpone that one until May. Uh, so, But this is the first one where we've had sitting aldermen that we'll be interviewing, so the questions will be a little different. Uh, the first quest, uh, question, Jeff, I have for you this morning. Tell the voters a little bit about your background before you became an alderman.
3: I started off in production uh, when I was younger. Went through production. Uh, I was a, uh, ended up being a skilled laborer from there, but uh, supervision to uh, plant superintendent. I'm now in uh, commercial sales uh, for Surpro Barley Cordova, and uh, of course, a sitting alderman.
1: What made you want to get into the, to politics? What made you get into the politics and want to run for alderman the first time?
3: I actually live in Nesbitt, which was in the county, and I seen a a police officer uh, actually uh, patrolling our area, and it was a Hernando police officer, so I walked out to the street, and I actually asked him, hey, sir, are you lost? (laughs) Um, I know this is the county. He says, "Uh, no, sir, you were annexed a few weeks ago. I said, and by who? Hernando, I assume. He says, yes. I said, wow, okay, and uh Got to thinking about it, and I uh, talked to some friends and family, and uh, they actually pushed me to uh, run for these new one of these new seats that was opening, and uh, I just figured, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, and that's really what got me into politics. You know, I'm just the average citizen, just wanted a voice.
1: And that was so that was eight years ago, correct? So uh, back in
3: 2008
1: or nine. Oh, so it's been twelve. So twelve years, yes. you started to think about it. Basically, you're one of the more experienced aldermen now. Uh, now we've got a couple that have chosen not to run again, uh, but you and Andrew, I guess, would be the two longest uh, that have decided to run again. So you've seen a lot over the last, you know, eight to twelve years in Hernando. Name one to two things that you've been proud to help pass as an alderman in your time up to this point.
3: Well, a couple things. Of course, this MacAvell extension. This is a this is a project that's been going on probably eight years maybe that's a, that's a project that was it was needed uh, it'll take some of the um, congestion off of commerce it'll take some of the congestion off of the uh, north nesbit exit another is the uh, allocation of funds for the animal shelter i mean that that project is very needed big advocate of the animal shelter and have been for my entire 12 years that I've been part of the uh, Hernando's city board.
1: Top two things that you said are the, the Mackinville extended which we all can agree brings commerce to the area really opening it up I think they've told us now I think the latest I've read and we're going to actually report it on our show yesterday was that extension will be open by the by summer by the summer I think around the July time frame they'll have the exit ready and then of course getting the road connected and get everything done so that's a great thing it will bring commerce to that area. Of course, you were helping part of that getting that passed, and will also the ease the traffic. But it still, won't cure the bridge underneath the interstate. I know everybody brings it up all the time, uh, but it will help on the uh, the north south traffic uh, yeah. on both sides of the
3: interstate. You know, I, I get a lot of complaints about the traffic on Commerce. My vision is, I feel that we need to get more retail over on this new extension. If we can get some more uh, restaurants, stores, you know, retails, mom and pop stores, these little boutiques, our, our wives like to go to. We can actually get some of this uh, traffic off of Commerce and move to the other side of town, which would I think that'd be uh, that'd be very beneficial for the city.
1: Well, I think – and part of that is that the field house is going there. It's already announced. Yes. And so I think that, you know, once you have you know ball team staying there, having practices two to three hours a day, the moms and pops are going to want to not have to drive down McInvale or get on green Tea to cut over 51 to be able to just stay in that area, eat, uh, stay, spend the night if it's tournaments. That, so I would – you know, and Madison Lakes, of course, is part of the, all that being right there. So I, I think that's a great, you know, great point and a great idea to, you know, hopefully have the retail go on that side. Those are a couple things that you said that mentioned that you, you are proud that you, you've done in your time or helped uh, help pass during your time. So, you know, let's assume that you're elected this time around. What is something, one thing you would like to see happen in the next four years if reelected?
3: Well, I think we all can agree that, Hernando, we're just south of one of the most dangerous cities in America. You agree? I agree. We need to start funding our police department. This last budget, we actually cut back on their on their budget. We have got to give them more funding. Uh, I don't think that everyone knows, but we have approximately about 40 to 41 police officers here in Hernando. If you look at national statistics, it shows that we should have over 60 I don't know if everyone knows, but, you know, we got four of the top police officers in DeSoto County. How many, how many, maybe even the state of Mississippi, how many municipalities can say their top four officers have attended the FBI Academy? Only Hernando, I'm, I'm assuming. Right. So we've got the, we got the professionals there. They know what to do, but we just got to have the manpower. We got to keep our equipment up. We got to keep our training up. And those guys know, they know what it takes and we need to uh, put it in their hands, but we got, they got to have the funding to do it
1: is, is there something that um you know y'all, we're currently looking at in the city or what you would want to see going in the next four years that, that's going on right now
3: of course there's uh, animal shelter I, I think the people that are behind this uh, we've got a lot of volunteers if it wasn't for the volunteers it wouldn't be operational but um we definitely got to get this thing off the ground i mean we've been working on it for six years and uh the current administration uh, they have not showed any uh, sense of urgency on this and all of your volunteers, they'll back up that comment 110%. We have got to get this thing off the ground. I'd, I'd like to see groundbreaking by the end of the year.
1: Um, and so that kind of leads into the next question. Um, knowing that, you know, we talked about, uh, we've interviewed, I think, nine so far up to this point, And knowing that there will be a minimum of five new board members. How do you think that it will affect the city, and what are the challenges and opportunities with that?
3: Uh, as far as affecting the city, I think, I think it's a positive thing for the city. Uh, we need a diversified board. We need to be challenging each other. We need to be challenging the mayor. We need to be challenging each board member. I mean, that just brings up discussion. With discussion, you get the right answer. You make the right decisions. And I think the, uh, the the biggest challenge is uh, bringing, you know, educating and bringing these uh, these new aldermen or alder women up to uh, speed.
1: When you say bring them up to speed, do you mean in just kind of how city ins and outs of just being an alderman or more up to speed on like what the different issues are with each topic?
3: Well, what I mean is, you know, a lot of uh, I've heard I've heard some of these uh, podcasts, and they they speak on uh, the private sector. We need to run city business as you do the private sector. Well, they're going to see real real quickly that you just you can't run a city the same way you run the private sector. There's a lot of difference in it, and there's a lot of things you can do in the private sector that you can't do in the government. I'm not going to get into the details, but they will see this once you once you get into it. There's so many times. That uh, in my 12 years, that uh, the, the city attorney has had to say, had to stop me and correct me before I made a mistake because i just didn't know any better because i was treating it as the private sector and you just can't do that it's it's totally different
1: and just uh, i guess for an educational thing for myself and for the listeners when, when you are elected alderman is there a, a certain i mean i know maybe not during the pandemic but is there a class that y'all can attend or is there maybe some type of booklet or, or i guess manual that you're given to kind of help you ease into that process
3: actually uh, we go to MML convention Mississippi uh, Municipal League there is uh, courses down there you take you actually uh, you graduate you actually mm-hmm. have to have so many hours in their steps and I've actually uh, I've taken everything except the uh, continuous education that's just right but I've uh, graduated I'm considered a, a Mississippi municipal officer now
1: and how long does that usually take to if, to be an alderman to, in order to get that
3: well it, you go at your own pace I did it I was able to uh, get this done in my first term. But you, when you're down there, you're going to class, you know, eight hours a day.
1: Well, good. Well, and that's something that hopefully that all the ones that are running or listening, um, that it is good that they have some kind of, you know, quote, unquote, formal education. But also, of course, every city is different and there will be some ins and outs. And, and, of course, every city attorney is different of the way they interpret things. Uh, so they'll get some uh, some guidance there. Uh, next question uh this is probably the the toughest one we' probably asked any candidate. uh you're the first one since um doc will be interviewing uh with Matt uh, tomorrow so uh you're the first one we've asked us to because you're the first one we've been able to ask it to. How do you think you have been as an alderman?
3: That's a good question I think uh I'm very responsive. Anyone can call me i don't it doesn't make a difference if they're in my ward or they're outside of my ward. I will respond to them. I will look at their issue I will bring. Whatever to the table needs to be brought, I will call them back. I will represent the people. I mean, I have, and I think I've done a real good job at
1: it. You know, obviously the people in Ward 6 have agreed with you since you've represented that now for 12 years. And again, we want to make sure that we let the listeners understand you chose to run it at large because of you know redistricting happened and you know, there are three candidates in ward 6 and so you know you chose to run as an at large which anybody's able to do anybody in any war can run as an at large uh, and so this is what you know I guess to try to represent the whole city not just a certain section the last thing we allow all the candidates to do uh, is to be able to kind of give uh, your platform, we are call it an elevator speech, but elevator speech is usually 15 to 20 seconds. Uh, we're we're going to allow you to maybe two to three minutes to kind of talk about when you're out there knocking on the doors, what are you telling the, the voters, the constituents, what do you want them to know about you, and uh, we'll go ahead and let you have some time here for that.
3: Uh, we've touched on some of the things that uh, it's, you know, my platform. I typically uh, I, I always introduce myself. My name is Jeff Hobbs. I'm running an alderman at large. I'm currently seated in Ward 6. I've been seated there for three terms. Considering the redistricting and considering my knowledge, my experience, and my education in municipal government, I've decided to run at large because I feel that I can represent the entire city just as well as I have Ward 6. As far as my platform, we touched on uh, police. and I usually go through my whole educating people on how many officers we have, which is around 40, 41 officers. Uh, national statistics show that we need around 60. We need to uh, budget for our police department yearly until we get where we need to be. To keep our citizens safe. The second is the animal shelter. You know, I'm a big advocate of the animal shelter. Uh, I've always volunteered. I always try to help. This is something that uh, that the city actually needs, and it needs, you know, needs very badly. Um, I'd like to see this thing get off the ground. I'd like to see uh, ground broke by the end of the year. Third is uh, unity. I think everybody can see that this board, the mayor and board, have been divided this last four years, and we cannot continue to have division, uh, we have got to be one board, one mayor, and with the citizens. You know, we need to be one Hernando. And uh, last uh, is our parks and recreation. And we really didn't uh, touch on that, but I get asked a lot, you know, what are we going to do for the parks and recreation? If everybody backs up about eight or ten years, I think everybody or a lot of people can remember that we tried to do this penny for parks and it failed. One of the main reasons it's failed is because myself, the other alderman, the mayor, we weren't educated on what need what what did you need to do before you went to vote on this? The citizens they just wasn't aware. You know, just saying, hey, we're gonna uh, this money's gonna be allocated to parks. Well, they want to know exactly where it's gonna be allocated in parks. Well, since then, uh, we've had a, a recreational sports feasibility study, and it, it's it's coming. It's just come out. It actually shows our strong points and our weaknesses in our parks. It will tell us exactly where we need to start funneling, you know, the allocations, the funding. That will be a start. I also think, you know, since we've got this feasibility study, I think we need to uh, get our uh, parks director involved in this and put a committee together with maybe a a few aldermen, uh, maybe a representative from each, each sport. We can put our heads together, look at this feasibility study, put a plan together, and then start marketing the citizens showing them this is what this is why we need this penny for parks. And once we get the citizens on board, we start lobbying our legislation. And once we lobby our legislators and get them on board to let us have this vote again, I'm positive it will pass. And that would be a big booster, you know, for the parks and recreation, the allocation of this penny for parks.
1: For those of y'all that are listening, you can go to the city's website. The feasibility study is is linked on there. Uh, you can, the sports feasibility study. This was done late last fall. We did talk about it on here, uh, but it's it, some eye opening things. I think that a lot of this you know which we think is the popular sports may not be the best for Hernando. I think so basically you know it was more uh, tennis and other things that were we'll probably we could excel at just because of where we are in comparison to South Haven and Isle Branch have already done things. So I think that's a great thing. I do like the idea of uh, getting parts Director involved. Um, with uh, some type of committee. Um, So, you know, all great ideas. And and I think that, you know, the board members, uh, whether they said it on the podcast or said it privately, I think parks, you know, that's what families move here for. I mean, you you can move here for jobs, but, you know, they can live anywhere in the county. Um, But, you know, but they want to come to Hernando, we talk safety. A uh, small town, they like the small town uh, feel to it. But then, they but they want their be able to do things. They want to be able to walk their dogs. They want to be able the kids to be able to play. So I think parks is a great thing. So any final thoughts toward the voters as to I guess basically why you should be elected to the alderman at large.
3: All I ask you to do is uh, use your best judgment. Most of all, everyone needs to get out and vote, no matter who you vote for. Get out and vote. You know, that's your right. We need to exercise our right. Please ask each and every one of you to look at me, to research me. You'll see that I have the knowledge, I've had the experience, and I have the municipal education to keep leading this city. I just ask you to vote Jeff Hobbs come April the 6th.
1: Again, Jeff, we want to thank you for coming in this morning and uh, wish you good luck on the campaign. Thank you very
3: much
2: want to thank Jeff Hobbs for coming in to the UTW podcast and sitting down with us for a few moments, sitting down with Derek for a few moments. We want to wish him luck on Tuesday, April 6th in the upcoming election.
1: North Point will be holding their final open house opportunity on Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. Have you been waiting for the right time to attend? Don't miss the final open house opportunity to preview the point. To register your attendance on April 11th, please call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5137. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Don't delay. Register today. That number again is 662-349-5127. They can't wait to meet you and have you join their North Point family.
2: A show about Alderman interviews is a perfect time to talk about Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam Sherry Angie or Jennifer at 429-5213, that's 429-5213, or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook.
1: Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys'. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or reach them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. As Jeff mentioned in his interview, he is the current sitting alderman for Ward 6. And now we will turn to the interview that Matt had with Doc Harris yesterday morning. Doc, of course, is the current alderman at large, uh, both running for the uh, alderman at large position. And so uh, we thank, again, Jeff for coming in and, and spending his time on this weekend being interviewed. Thank Doc for coming in yesterday morning, taking time out of his busy schedule to visit with us. And so we'll go to Matt's interview with Doc Harris now.
2: Glad to sit down this morning uh, with Mr. Doc Harris. Uh, Mr. Doc is a alderman at large for the city of Hernando uh, and is running for that position again. Mr. Harris, good to have you in.
0: Thank you, Matt. I'm glad to be here.
2: Yes, sir. So you go to church with me. Derek and I have, have met you before, uh, you know, personally. Uh, so we're, we're familiar with it, with you. What I asked you this morning off air, I was not familiar. W-I, that's on your sign, on, on you know, W-I Doc Harris. What's the W-I stand for?
0: Well, I'm a junior. I'm named after my dad, of course, and the W is Winfred, and the I is Iverson. Winfred Iverson Harris Jr. <laughs>
2: no wonder there was a nickname involved. That's, That's kind of right. wrong. That's
0: My a- dad's nickname was
2: Pete. Okay. So how did the, how did the nickname Doc uh, come about?
0: Well, actually, I was born right here in Hernando on the square, kind of unique. Uh, I'm only one of two people that I know of that was, was born there on the square next to the courthouse. Uh, in the old Emerson Clinic, which stood at the corner of 51 and Commerce Street up on the second floor. But when I was born there, uh, the doctor running around and in, in nurses in, in whites, my older sister Barbara, who's two years older than me, started calling me Little Doctor. Actually, from the day I was born, I'm told. <laughs> so from that, uh, I was given the nickname Doc, which wasn't an unusual name to Hernando at that time. We sure. had two other Docs. We had one of our service stations, Doc Morgan, and uh, Doc White was our sheriff. So.
2: You never were really called Winfred Iverson Harris.
0: Always Doc. Always Doc from day one.
2: That's, Always. Yeah, your sister had it had it, had it right. She kind of cut it short and made it kind of kind of simple for her, no doubt. Well, look, I, and, and so born and raised here in Hernando. Right. So let's circle back. So a lot of times we will ask the candidates or the new people running what brought you to Hernando, but you were born right here in town,
0: right off the square. So That's right. My family's been here for almost eight decades. Mom and dad moved here back in the 40s, started our family at that time. I have, actually they're a large family. I have nine brothers and eight brothers and sisters. Uh, My dad's first wife had passed from an illness. He had four children with her. And when mom and dad moved to Hernando, they had five children, so... A large family. I was blessed with that. Absolutely. I
2: mean, nine. That, that's that's tremendous, uh, right there. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, born and raised Hernando. Tell us a little bit about yourself before you became an alderman. Maybe your work experience, or uh, you know, kind of sum up your career, uh, bringing you up to being an alderman.
0: Well, after graduating from Mississippi State, I got my business degree from state. <clears throat> I um, at that time I started my own business. I've owned two businesses myself through the years. So. I offer uh, a first-hand knowledge and experience about the commitment and the sacrifices and the rewards that come with uh, being a business owner. In addition to that, I spent 40 years in the telecommunications industry, about 10 years in mid-level management, and then more importantly, uh, around 20 years in a leadership position serving as vice president general manager of a large telecom company in Memphis. I was responsible for everything that, that happened front door to back door in that business. So I wore a lot of hats every day in, in making decisions to help us be successful. Did you feel like you enjoyed
2: owning your business or working kind of in the corporate life more?
0: Well, for me, I think the corporate life was a good fit. It took some of the, the uh, responsibilities and, and challenges off of my shoulders and put them on someone else's. Right. But at the same time, the owner of that company... Gave me the instructions that this is your business. Sure. You won't see me unless you call me and need me. Other than that, uh, I want you to run this business just like it's your own. Right. So that's what I did, and I, I I did enjoy working in that kind of an environment. But, again, it wasn't my company. Sure. But yet my efforts were Key to helping that business be successful right
2: I own a couple of different businesses and, and I've had an opportunity to speak to young people uh, recently uh, with our church and stuff like that and I, and I kind of tell them owning your own business could be a blessing and a curse the buck stops with you just like the gentleman told you hey run this business like it's your own well he was hoping that he was hoping you rarely had to call him um, but it can be a blessing and a curse so I, I and I do tell people don't be afraid to jump in to uh, an entry-level position when you get out of college you don't have to stay there I mean you could do do well and move up uh, fairly quickly. So um, that's that's very interesting. Well, so transitioning into politics, transitioning into the Alderman position, position here in Hernando, what made you first want to run for Alderman?
0: Matt, throughout my business career, I was also very active in community work. As an example, I served as chairman of the board for United Cerebral Palsy of the Mid-South. I was appointed by the governor of Tennessee to serve on his committee for the employment of the handicapped. I was Always very active in my Rotary Club. Throughout my Christian life, I've been very active in, in our help uh, to others out in our communities through through our church work. Uh, and then, of course, that led me to becoming an Alderman at large. But to answer your question more directly, I, I just didn't wake up one night and one morning and decide I wanted to be an Alderman That's something that as I approached retirement years, I started thinking about. And with the knowledge and experience I've gained through the years in the business world and in the work I've done, 35 years worth of community service, uh, it well prepared me for the alderman's position. And as I mentioned, this is home to me. So uh, I care about our our city. I want to be in a position where I can make a positive contribution to help with our city and make this a home for everyone. Uh, and their families so that they feel safe and enjoy living here in Hernando and want to remain here in Hernando. And as alderman, I'm in a position to give something back to a city that I love.
2: I mean, you sit on a board where you have an opinion on which way the city goes, whether it be the the money that's allocated in different places, parks, street infrastructure, and stuff like that. So that's right. that's pretty. Like you said, you didn't wake up and say, "I want to be an alderman," but it came from years of caring about Hernando uh, and paying attention to what was going on, and said, "Hey, I'm going to put myself out there to 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 be a leader."
0: You're right, Matt. It just puts me in a position to where I can give something back to Hernando that's given me and my family so much. Uh,
2: a number of people that have sat in that chair have mentioned uh, the, the when we interviewed a gentleman for school board, he, he was coming up to retirement age. He was beginning to think about retiring and decided to run for the board because he felt like he had more stuff to give. So that's kind of where it came about for you was entering into an age of retirement, an age of where maybe my daily eight to five life is slowing down a bit, but I can still be of service another way.
0: That's correct. I mean, I I've been, as I mentioned, 35 years of community service, all of my years in the business world. You know, you develop some strong skill sets in, in doing the things that I've done that are easily translated over to being a good public servant uh, for your city. So I think I bring those skill sets to the table.
2: You've served in the position now for four years, correct? As alderman at large. So again, and I mentioned this to you all fair, and we've mentioned it on the show, on our show a couple times. It's an opportunity for us to to interview you and your opponent uh, for the alderman at large. Are, are both sitting aldermen, so it's a little bit different than what we've been doing for all the wards of uh, people that are kind of throwing themselves out there for the first time. It allows us to kind of talk about the last your experience currently or your experience in the past as an alderman. So let's talk about that a little bit. Your experience as an alderman the last four years. Do you have one or two things that you're you're happy about or that you're proud of that you've been able to be a part of the last couple of uh, last four years?
0: Several things, Matt. Uh, one of the first things that happened when I became Alderman at Large, we had uh, in one of our board meetings, there were some concerns expressed about compensation for our employees. One of the most valuable assets we have as a city is our employees. So one of the very first things that uh, we did and I was a part of and I supported was improving the compensation plan for our employees. Uh, That allowed them to be at a more competitive level with the other cities in the county, and uh, that was one of the first things we accomplished. The second thing I would mention is the addition of of a second ambulance to help serve our communities from a safety standpoint.
2: You mentioned the compensation for the employees, the city employees. Do you guys – I've begun to watch the Alderman meetings. A lot of times when they're talking about a raise or talking about compensation for somebody, they'll give statistics of what South Haven's doing, Olive Branch is doing, you know, the other communities in in, in the the county. Is that something you guys pay attention to, want to be on par with that to keep good people or just want to make sure that we're roughly competitive?
0: As an example, during that time, we had a problem with hiring people and being able to keep them after we hired and trained them. They would come on board at Hernando, and then they would leave us to go to one of our other cities here in the county because they could make more money. So to stop that, we improved our compensation plan so that, as an example, when our police chief hires police officers, he doesn't have to be concerned about training them and investing time and effort into them and then watching them leave to go make more money somewhere else. Right?
2: Is there anything in the four years that you've been alderman that you were like, man, I, I really wish we would have done that or something? Maybe a hurdle that we could have jumped over that you felt like we, we were close to getting?
0: The honest answer, Matt, is when the decision time comes, I think we've made good decisions as a board. And quite honestly, I, I, I can't think of anything right offhand that would uh, – would fit that question.
2: i talked to Derek a lot off air. We talk before we record our show and, and different things. It's it's hard to sit down with candidates. Obviously, when people are running for something, they're talking about maybe some things that need to come or need to happen or need to happen. But but we, I catch myself just thinking, gosh, we live in a great community already. You know, Hernando's a wonderful town. It has so many positive things, but a lot of times when people are running for something, they have to kind of talk about some negative things that they want to see changed or whatever. But it's just, it's a bit difficult to look up and see how blessed we are in Hernando to think about how much improvement, how much improvement people want versus what can actually happen.
0: Well, you're right. One of, one of the things that attract people to Hernando is the quality of life we enjoy here. I mean, when you look at our, our public safety, uh, as an example, our crime rates are the lowest in the county. We've got one of the best educational systems that, uh, that's available. One of my children, I have three daughters and eight grandchildren, and one of my daughters is a teacher here in Hernando. So my mom was a school teacher here for about 35 years, a lot of family in the educational field. So uh, I am a big supporter of, of everyone being able to get a good education. And here in Hernando, you can do that. But we have a wonderful city. And one of the things as I mentioned earlier that uh, attracted me to becoming Alderman is I want to help make Hernando a better place.
1: You said you have
2: three children? Correct. You, three daughters. You, you didn't want to go for nine like your dad? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't see nine children very often in today's world, for sure. Well, look, as you want Point learned, of interest on the nine, yeah, if ahead. I may add. Sure, please. Probably like to kill mom and dad, but all nine of us graduated from high school here in Hernando. All nine of us went on to get a college degree, so I'm proud of uh, what my, you know, we were talking about education. Right. Uh, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah,
2: education was important to you, your family.
0: Uh, Wow, all nine have graduated from
2: college. That's amazing. Right. For sure. As you look to the future, look to the next four years, running for this position, again, the Alderman at large position, which the entire city votes on, the entire city will have a hand in who wins that seat this year. If you're fortunate enough to win the, uh, the, the seat, is there one particular thing that really interests you and you hope to get accomplished?
0: Well, I love the idea that Hernando has been recognized as uh, one of the healthiest or the healthiest city in the state. I I really like to see all of the outside activity that takes place around town. So one way I would answer that is I want to see us uh, to continue the work we started on our infrastructure improvements i want to make sure that people feel safe in hernando and are comfortable in hernando wherever they are and i want to see us with our parks and recreation since i'm talking about the outside activity i want to see us continue to improve that things like better lighting better parking better seating new fencing we just approved about a $94,000 expense to take care of some drainage issues at our ballparks and to redo the infields on our ballparks. We've improved our tennis courts with resurfacing them in our parks. Uh, We've improved our walking trails, our bike trails, and and all of that contributes to people being able to go out and enjoy the things that are available to them in Hernando individually and as a family. So I want to continue that infrastructure uh, improvement for parks and recreation. I do support A new, more modern recreational facility for our ballparks. I'm a strong supporter of public safety, so I'll make sure that our police, our fire, our first responders are funded in a way that helps us to continue keeping our crime rates low and protect our citizens.
2: As we've done our shows over the last several weeks, uh, we're interviewing new candidates. I say new candidates. Uh, we're interviewing candidates that are pursuing a seat for the first time. So there's potentially five new members, or there will be five new members of your board of aldermen. Again, should you be fortunate enough to, to continue on as alderman at large uh, you know, after this election, there will be five new members of the board, some people not running, some people you know, that have chosen not to run, those type things. How do you feel like or how do you feel that can affect the city? Uh, What are the challenges, maybe even opportunities, with having a new board?
0: No question the board will look different with all the new members that you just mentioned. But as you look at the list, and you've interviewed, I think, most of them, you've heard some great ideas. And uh, we're going to lose a lot of experience on the board, but we're going to gain some new fresh thoughts and ideas that I think can bring uh, additional value to our city. Obviously, I think they will be in a position of making good decisions. And so from a standpoint of are we backing up as a board, I don't think so. Now, there will be a learning curve involved. There was a learning curve for me as a new alderman. But there's a lot of things that are available to um, all aldermen that will help them get more education on municipal government Help them to have a better understanding, and uh, I think just through OJT, uh, on-the-job training, sure, they'll course. they'll learn the the uh, policies, the procedures, right. and how to how to make good decisions for our city.
2: Right. And most of the candidates that we've talked to are pretty sharp people. I mean, they are. Sure. Uh, they they're they're not afraid to jump in there. They they can, can learn quickly and and catch on quickly. Something a little bit of a joke here, but something that is new is. <clears throat> Derek and I talk all the time about watching the uh, the YouTube channel, watching the YouTube the the uh, Alderman meetings on YouTube. The camera used to be a long way from you, and now the camera's right on you, right there. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> I do yeah, know yeah, that. the camera's yes. right on you. So, uh, I mean, you used to be you know, thirty, you know, not thirty yards, but thirty feet away from the camera, and now it's sitting right over your shoulder almost. So you have to kind of you have to kind of pay more attention and, and be more aware of the whole meeting now.
0: Well, to be honest with you, I don't even know the camera's there. Uh, I try to focus on the questions and the the actions that are taking place during the meeting. And I I, I forget the cameras even there. I try to just be a good listener and make sure I don't miss anything. I got you. I'm just giving you a hard time. But like I said,
2: Derek and I joke around about maybe being the only two people watching a live Alderman meeting on Tuesday nights. So look, as we begin to kind of wrap up again, Alderman at large is a seat that you have six wards for the city of Fernando. The Alderman at large is going to be a seventh seat. So you have an offset numbers, uh, you know, four to three, should it go something like that. Um, so that's why there's an alderman at large that, that covers the entire city so everyone listening to this episode you're going to have the people you work, vote for in your ward but you're also going to have an opportunity to vote for alderman at large that's a citywide election you know mr doc if i was meeting you at kroger as i was pushing my grocery cart to put it up and you were maybe talking to people or campaigning in the parking lot or something like that and you had to meet me for two or three minutes how would you sell me on doc harris alderman at large
0: Well, Matt, I would answer that question by saying that Hernando is uh, very special to me. Born and raised here, large family that grew up here, and still have a large family presence in Hernando. Uh, When I was elected four years ago, I committed to Hernando that I would use good judgment and common sense throughout the decision-making process and that I would use my trust and my faith in the good Lord to lead me to make the right decisions. And that's what I've done for the last four years. And as we look at the next four years, If I'm reelected, I'll continue to do that for our city. But because this is home, uh, because I still have a large family presence here, I want to make sure that I do make the right choice, both for your family and for mine. So I'm very attentive to our needs. I want to make sure that when I make a decision, it is the right decision for our city. And as Alderman at large, I will continue to do that.
2: Well, Mr. Harris, we sure do appreciate you coming in, visiting with us for a few minutes under the water tower here on the UTW podcast. We certainly wish you good luck, uh, just like we wished Mr. Hobbs good luck. Tuesday, April 6th. Be sure and get out and vote for the Alderman at large position. Uh, Mr. Doc. thanks a lot for coming in.
0: Matt, thank you for having me.
1: Again, we want to thank Doc Harris for sitting down with Matt yesterday morning, and also, and we want to thank both gentlemen again for putting themselves out there, for wanting to serve the city. Whether you vote for them or not, whether you agree with them or not, and this goes for all the candidates. You know, th- these people uh, have a passion for our city. These people are really looking to try to do what they think is best for the city. So, you know, let's not put each other down. Let's don't you know attack Twitter because of something that was said or, or go to Facebook or anything like that. So again, thank you gentlemen again for putting yourself out there and, and trying to do what you think is right for the city of Hernando.
2: Derek, I joke each and every week that once these guys are done running for alderman or mayor, they may be looking for a vacation. If you're looking to make memories of your own, please reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Yellowstone Park, or anywhere in the United States, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach these ladies at 662 469-6304 469 6304. That's 662 469 6304. Or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Again, that's Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Now's the perfect time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher for your
1: summer travel needs. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and find out why they're our dentist and why they should be your dentist. Please call them at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239.
2: Are you looking for someone to help you with your lawn this spring and summer? Now's the perfect time to reach out to Richard Williams at Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. If you're in need of leaf removal, winter cleanup, tree trimming, mulching, any type of landscape needs, again, now is the time to reach out to Richard and his team at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, Derek, we're starting to wrap up our special episodes. Our political interview episodes will be coming to a close next Wednesday. We hope to meet, uh, sit down with the mayor candidates over the next week to put out our last special show for right now. Uh, Next Wednesday, we we hope to have the mayor candidates sit down with us over the next week and and talk about their vision uh, that they're planning for the city. If you are a candidate for mayor, please email us at info at gmail.com. That's info at gmail.com to line that up. If you enjoy our special episodes and our, and our weekly Tuesday and Friday shows, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, on Twitter at UTW Pod, and most importantly, please continue to share our episodes. Share it on Facebook. Share it with friends and family. Let everyone know what's going on on the UTW Podcast as we continue to grow and be a part of the Hernando community. Also important, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, any type of format like that, please give us a five star review. And hit subscribe. That, again, helps us reach out to our advertisers and let us know how we continue to grow on the UTW Podcast. I want to take a brief second to remind our listeners to seek out the OB Pod. OB Pod is a brother podcast of ours. It is presented by Rooster Production, just like our podcast. Look for OB Pod as they continue to cover the eastern side of DeSoto County, that type of area. Please reach out to OB Pod anywhere you listen to your podcast. Again, that's OB Pod, fairly simple, stands for Olive Branch. And Derek, if there's nothing else. I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us
1: next time under the water tower.
0: This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl.